0: Thank you for tuning in. We'll get to your program right after this short word from our sponsor. Do you wake up feeling like your best days have passed you by? Omega-3s are essential to the health of your body and cells. Scientists say an imbalance in the omega-3-6 ratio is a major cause of many illnesses. You need testing to know how healthy your cells are. Without testing, you're only guessing. Test yourself at home and start feeling better today. Find out how by calling Rick Kroll at 305-933-4219. Greetings and welcome to the Home Business Success Show. I'm your host Hank Eder, also known as Hank the PR Guy. Folks who run home businesses have some great advantages over folks who run brick and mortar, but they also face some unique challenges. So each week on the Home Business Success Show, as we speak to home business entrepreneurs, we'll find some of their do's and don'ts, their best practices, and even things that they wish they hadn't done because they turned into great money wasters or big-time sucks. My first guest today, Brian Basilico, is an award-winning author of the best-selling book, It's Not About You, It's About The Bacon, Relationship Marketing in a Social Media World, and his latest book, Toilet Paper Math. He was honored as one of the top marketers to follow in 2018. Brian is an online marketing strategist with over 40 years of marketing experience and the owner of an award-winning internet marketing company, B2B Interactive Marketing Incorporated. He is a world-renowned—he is world-renowned for his innovative content marketing strategies—and was one of the first 1,000 people to join LinkedIn in 2004. Brian is. Brian is a speaker, syndicated blogger, podcaster, and a sought-after guest expert, featured in Entrepreneur and Inc. magazines, that's INC, as in Incorporated, not INK. We're not talking about tattoos here today. With (laughs) over 750 episodes, his show, The Bacon Podcast, is ranked as one of the top 100 marketing podcasts on iTunes and was also recognized by Inc. Magazine as one of their top 35 business podcasts. I want to point out before we begin that I'm having some morning coffee in my bacon podcast cup because I was once on The Bacon Podcast Show. Welcome to the show, Brian. Brian.
1: Hey, Hank, thanks for having me, man, and thanks for uh, sharing that mug of Joe.
0: (laughs) Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Oh, if you would, please tell us a little bit about what you do.
1: Sure. Well, my business is based in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, actually, Youngsville. And the cool thing about what I do is I do work from home, and uh, I decided to move because the weather's better here, and I can do my work from Raleigh to Bali, so it doesn't matter. And I work with mid-sized companies, usually in the 10 to 100 million dollar range, and we actually do content marketing and relationship marketing for their sales teams. So the principles that I use for them are applicable to anybody. You can do them yourself, but the key thing is, is that these bigger companies don't have the time to do it themselves. And so we kind of fill in as a fractional CMO for all practical purposes.
0: Right. So you take care of the logistics and mm-hmm. some of what otherwise might be headaches for some of these people in the big companies because they're not holding a uh, an in-house department to take care right. of all that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because there's so many different pieces when you when you get down to... Online marketing, I mean, it's not just having a Facebook presence, it's not just having a blog, it's not just, um, you know, posting or, or email, it's it's usually a combination of all of the above that has to be set up and then looked at and tested so that it matches their audience's expectations. And so it, it's a you know, it's a process, it's a system, and it, it bottom line is it just works.
0: Right. On a smaller scale, people who mm-hmm. run home businesses often have issues with the fact that Correct. they don't have they don't have in house departments, they don't have people to run these things. So right. especially in the beginning, uh, home business entrepreneurs and marketers are trying to do everything themselves, and they do need to farm out some things they, they need to outsource.
1: Right. Well, and I always tell people that, you know, what you really need to focus on is what is your zone of genius, right? You, as a PR person, are an excellent writer. Um, I You know, I don't know enough about your skill set to say, are you a great content Poster? Are you a great designer? You know, are you a great website person? The key thing that you want to do is focus on what you do well that you can do quickly and then find people to come in and augment the places where you're not so strong. Then you can focus on the things which are most important, which is talking to clients and making money. And what happens with a lot of solopreneurs, entrepreneurs is they're so busy trying to save money that they spend a ton of time doing all the other pieces and trying to learn oh, what's the hottest thing. Should I be on TikTok? Should I be on LinkedIn? Should I be on MySpace? Hmm, no. Um, you know where should they be and how should they promote? And one of the other things that's um, <clears throat> slightly different between consumer marketing and B two B marketing, which is you know what I focus on, is consumer marketing is a lot more about trying to get you know, the broadest range of people to pay attention to what you do. And a lot of times consumers will buy something, you know, like we all go to the grocery store and we buy toilet paper, right? Hence toilet paper math. Um, you may buy Scott's this week and you may buy Northern the next week and Charmin the next week, you know, depending on what's on sale. So consumers change a lot. B2B businesses tend to focus a lot more on relationships because if you look at what's important to them, it's their job, right? And the the biggest thing that CEOs say to me is like, help me make more money and don't get me fired. And so, you know, the focus needs to be a lot more on building long-term relationships that are good for the business and good for you. So the key thing that you want to do is focus on you know, the, the relationship-building side, which is really where your focus should be. And then use the other tools to help build those relationships or nurture those relationships.
0: Right. I think for those who are listening who may not uh, be familiar familiar with the terms B2B and B2C, mm-hmm. B2B is business to business, mm-hmm. and B2C is business to consumer. Like you say, right. somebody who puts out... Uh, bathroom tissue or somebody who right. puts out uh, paper towels or
1: right or yeah. it could be a chiropractor i mean a chiropractor is a b2c you know it's it's a usually they're working with an individual where b2b you're working with a company that does something that serves another business right so it would be a supplier we, you know we're living in a subdivision and an example of a b2b business is the guy that just delivered you know 15 pallets of grass you know sod behind our house that's a b2b business they're serving the builder you know the builder is serving the consumer but you know so it's more you wouldn't want to help the builder from a b2c standpoint it's it's helping the consumer find people to buy their houses in the b2b side of things it's helping suppliers work with the builder to get the houses complete
0: right so on a smaller scale the people who are in the b2b businesses Maybe they're not going for, you know, the mid-sized businesses Mm -hmm. that are in the, uh, you know, in the the income range that you mentioned earlier.
1: Right. They're
0: going for smaller companies, but at the same time, what they're doing is they're offering a service to another business. They're not Mm -hmm. offering a service direct to the public.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: Right. Uh, Yeah. So you mentioned earlier that you moved, but Mm -hmm. you didn't say where you moved from.
1: Well, we moved from Chicago, which is, you know, a nice big city, but, you know, frankly, the weather up there is nowhere near as nice as it is down here, and um, we picked this area primarily because it has seasons. That's number one. You know, trees change, everything changes, and, you know, it's just a longer, warm season. You're not going to be, you know, I was walking my dog in negative 20 degree weather in January. You know, I don't have to do that anymore.
0: (laughs) <laughs> right right you're not gonna I, I don't think in the Raleigh area you're ever going to find negative 20-degree weather
1: new no. and one so of was, the happiest days of my life up in Chicago was the day I was able to sell my snowblower Ah. <laughs>
0: yeah I, I don't know that you would get to use a snowboard much in the Raleigh area either you no. might get to use it in the mountains but even yeah. that's getting less and less but anyway You were talking about relationship marketing, and Mm -hmm. um, you've got that book, It's Not About You, It's About the Bacon, It's About Mm -hmm. Bacon, and it's about relationship marketing, and uh, that comes up quite a bit on the show, Relationship Mm -hmm. Marketing, and in that, no matter what you put out there on social media, you go to meetings, you do all these things, but it's all about the relationships, that you begin to develop with with people. Would you speak on that a little bit and tell us a little bit about that that book?
1: Yeah. Okay, so the bottom line with relationship marketing is is there's three phases to building a relationship. It's know, like, and trust, right? And know is, you know, you know somebody. You've met them at a networking event. You know them online from, you know, you've connected me with Joe Navarro, who's going to be a guest on your podcast. I've gotten to know him. You know, the like portion happens when you find cohesive reasons to stay connected. It doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, you like them enough to do business with them and they like you enough to do business with them. It could be that the like portion is I have a dog, you have a dog. You know, I, have, I golf, you golf, you know, and you can have these kind of relationships. Trust is where transactions happen. And so relationship marketing is all about building trust with somebody. And the point is, and especially in the B2B world, like I said before, you know, the biggest thing that people are looking for in B2B is solve my problem and don't get me fired, right? So in order for, in the B2B space, you know, if, well, let's put it this way. If somebody buys the wrong toilet paper, which just happened to me, I brought it home. My wife says, no, 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 you know, I want Charmin today. So I can go back to the store and drop 10 bucks, and, you know, we'll give the other toilet paper away to one of our kids or a neighbor or donate it or, you know, however you want to do it. It's not a big expense. In the B2B world, it's, it's a lot more affecting the bottom line. So if somebody comes in and spends, you know, $1,000, 10000 $100,000 with you, that's a much harder pill to swallow if things go wrong. So it takes longer to get a company to trust you enough to say that you can deliver, that you deliver quality, that you're gonna be there in three years, you know, that you're not just kind of a fly by night, comes in, takes their money, does something, and leaves. You know, a relationship is something that takes time. And the biggest difference between relationship marketing and consumer marketing is relationship marketing is something that is an ongoing process, right? It will take you know, on average, most businesses between a year to two years to develop a strong enough relationship for somebody to come and do business with you. But on the other side, it takes them just as long to change, right? Unless you really mess up in the very, very short term, they're going to stick with you a lot longer. They're not going to be willing to take a chance on somebody who says, hey, I, you know, I know that, you know, I can do PR for you cheaper than Hank can. Well, you may be able to do it cheaper, but are you going to get me the kind of results? You know, prove to me that you can do better results cheaper, that's different, but that's going to take some time. Nobody's just going to pull the trigger because they're cheaper, right? Because if they're cheaper and they start putting stuff out there and it hurts the company's reputation or it does absolutely nothing to show a profit or an ROI return on investment, then, you know, there's going to be a big issue. Where consumer side of things, like I said, you buy something, you can return it, you know, and just call it a day. Um, so, relationship marketing is about building long-term, solid relationships with other businesses who will either refer you to somebody else or actually do business with you. And one last point I want to make, which is the most uber important thing that everybody needs to know, is you cannot outsource relationships. It can't be done.
0: That's something that nobody ever talks about or thinks about, but yeah, it's simple and yet it's deep. You definitely cannot outsource relationships. And once you develop that trust, you have to hold on to that trust, Right. and if you lose that trust, it's not coming back. Yeah. You know, it's funny you should mention that. I can get it cheaper. I had a client about two years ago. I did some... uh, I did some newsletters and blogs, particularly Mm -hmm. for that client. And then the client came to me and said, you know, in this town that we're in, uh, I discovered I could get this kind of service probably for half of what you're charging me. Mm -hmm. I said, well, that's great. But if you think I'm going to cut my fees down by half, no, I'm not going to do that. So I welcome you to go check out the people who are going to do it by half. So Mm -hmm. two or three months later, he's back. Mm-hmm. And he's willing to pay me the price that I originally charged him because I guess, you know, you get what you pay for.
1: Exactly. And there's, there's a story that I tell in my speeches when I, when I go on stage at conferences. And what I start off with is Henry Ford had a factory, obviously, and the factory broke down because a boiler broke. Right. And... So he calls up a boiler repairman. The boiler repairman walks in with a screwdriver. He looks, he sees one screw and he turns it a quarter turn. And all of a sudden the boiler start working and he hands Henry Ford a bill for a thousand dollars. And Henry Ford looks at the bill and looks at him and says, you're charging me a thousand dollars to turn one screw a quarter turn. And the guy looked at him, he said, no, I'm charging you a thousand dollars to know which screw to turn and how far.
0: Mm-hmm. right yeah yeah because if he had hired someone less experienced and less competent it might have taken them two days to find what they had to do and they would have paid a lot more but they were even worse,
1: worse even worse the boiler might have blown up and he would have to replace the whole boiler because the guy didn't know what he was doing oh right? Right, true
0: that but if it had taken a few days and and cost you know five times as much they'd feel more satisfied because they would think that the company did something for that money Mm -hmm. yeah um you know your your newest book toilet paper math Mm -hmm. as a real i I love the title toilet paper math would you think about that for just a moment
1: yeah well toilet paper math It actually was born right at the beginning of the pandemic when the toilet paper shortage was happening and i actually thought of the title in the book beforehand and here is the toilet paper math in a nutshell is this. When you walk down the toilet paper aisle at whatever food market you're working at, you know, it uh, could be a Walmart, could be a Food Lion or whatever is in your area, um, you see an entire aisle of different packages. And every single one says 8 equals 64, 9 equals 120. It's all this math. And what they're trying to do is tell you that you're getting a lot more for your money when in fact what happens is is that you're actually getting a smaller piece of toilet paper than you used to get used to be four and a half inches square now it's like 3.7 and it still has to fit on a roll but they still cut it down and what happens is you end up paying actually more for it than you used to And so a lot of times in marketing, a lot of times in business, people will come and try to sell you on the sizzle, but not the steak. So the key thing that you have to pay attention with toilet paper math is people will market, hey, the greatest thing you can do is Facebook ads or SEO or email marketing. And it's all about tactics, right? It's about tactics. But the one thing that I've learned is tactics will take you so far. It's creating a system around different pieces that all intertwine together that work as a system that actually gets results. So toilet paper math is more about people get sold tactics. I'll give you a real life example of this. I had a customer come to me and they were spending $100,000 a year with a client or, or with a vendor and, and they came back to me and said, hey, we're getting you know, charged $100,000 a year. What are we getting for this? And I said, I don't know, I need to look at it, let me see what they're doing, and I'll give you some information on, you know, what it is they're doing and what will work and what isn't. First thing I looked at is they were spending $60,000 a year on Google Ads. Now, in their industry, Google Ads are more based towards consumers and a lot less towards the kind of companies that you're trying to get to because they're spending all their time on LinkedIn and you know, email marketing and stuff like that. So what happened was is they were getting 5,000 hits a month on their website, which they thought was the greatest thing since buttered bread. As soon as we shut off the ads, it saved them $60,000 a year. And three months into it, the client came back to me and said, you know, Brian, I don't know what the heck you did, but our traffic is down to 1500 people. I said, okay, that's cool. So how are your sales? And he said, well, they actually went up. I said, okay, so what's the problem? The thing that they were so focused on is they have been trained that more traffic equals more business. But in reality, more traffic ends up bringing you more tire kickers and price shoppers. So they were spinning their wheels, talking to a bunch of people that wanted the cheapest price, and that's not the industry they're in. So what we're able to do was focus on the customers that actually buy for them by getting their email addresses out of their system and talking to them that way, by getting the sales team to connect up with them on LinkedIn so when they're posting things that they see it. And what would happen is their sales team was sharing these messages and their customers would say, you know, I really don't need to purchase that new cool product, but what I really need is to reorder supplies. So they'll contact the salesperson and say, hey, I saw your post, but really what I need is supplies. That's it. And so what ends up happening is they end up getting sales that are periphery to what they're posting. But again, it's building those relationships between the sales team and their customers. So that's often, that's essentially what it boils down to.
0: I often hear about that. Drill down, find your niche, and mm-hmm. reaching, the, reaching a much smaller niche is far more effective than reaching... You know, 10 million people who are not interested. You know, in the time that we've got, I would like to uh, ask you where our listeners can can reach out to you if they want more information.
1: Sure. The easiest way to do it is go to Linktree, okay? And it's e forward slash bacon guy. And if you go to Linktree forward slash bacon guy, link, L-A-N-K-T-R-E-E. You'll find everything. You'll find my LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, anything you want to find, blog, podcast, and reach out to me, connect up. If you have any questions, I'm more than happy to answer it. And if I can't help you, I certainly have enough connections like maybe Mr. Hank Eater who can do some PR for you and share that information. So I'm not always the right fit, but I have a ton of referral people that I really know, like, and trust.
0: Well, that's awesome. There's that referral marketing. Brian, thank you so much. And to our listeners, tune in every Thursday at 1 p.m. for the Home Business Success Show here on Biz Radio U.S. Before I go, I want to tell you that there are some great resources available for home business entrepreneurs, including the Home Business Success Community an online support community of like-minded home business entrepreneurs contact me to find out more just go to biz radio us click on shows and click on my face for radio on that page and you'll <laughs> find all the information you need remember you can achieve success freedom and independence in your own home business i've done it brian has done it you can do it too see you next week this is hank eater wishing all of you A fabulous day of home business success. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard,
1: be sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.